Thank you for doing that with me. Well, we, we've called these weeks Take a Break Sundays, and this is our second week of the two weeks. And we've had a blast doing it, by the way. I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've felt uh, some rest. The idea was rejuvenation. Uh, the idea was peace, right? The idea was you'd come, especially some of you that come here at 6.30 in the morning, don't leave till 1.30, that you'd actually show up. When, when does it sort of start? 8.45? So you might show up at 8.50, right? And uh, get some coffee, meet a couple people, and then leave, and then, and then go home. And, and part of it is just because we love you, but the other part of it is because we think God's doing some stuff here. We think God's doing some stuff in this community. We're, we're pretty excited about it. And guess what? We're going to need you. <laughs> we're going to need you. Uh, we're we're going to need you all in. Uh, we're going to need you rolling up your sleeves, getting tired for, for the gospel, for the, for the kingdom. Uh, Milton, Fife, Edgewood, uh, I need you. Right? Uh, you've heard it said that the church is God's plan A, and there is no plan B. And so whether we like it or not, have you ever asked God, like, what were you thinking? Like, you were going to use me? I mean, do you know me? Uh, yes, he knows you. <laughs> he, he knows you very well. And yes, he wants to use you. So uh, we call them Take a Break Sundays. Uh, I'm trying my best here to communicate what, what that means, but I actually found a commercial that it hopefully uh, communicates it even better. So let's watch this together. Just look at you go. You're moving. Sometimes you can't slow down. You're rolling. Big Mac and a Coke on the go. McDonald's. We know we won't slow you down. You've been going strong all day. Yeah. You deserve a break today at McDonald's. Oh, you deserve a break today. At McDonald's. You deserve a break. You know, life, it's, it's fast-paced, right? It, it moves at a speed that is just crazy to me. And yet somehow we've decided that it's normal, right? Because you do it long enough, it's just the way it is. But even with my family, we have three kids. I was thinking about you get up in the morning. Uh, school starts so early in the morning, so you get them going. You, you get them off to school. But that's just the beginning because after you get them off to school, where do you go? You go to work. And work, I mean, even at a good place to work, uh, it's stressful at times, it's busy, there's bosses. Um, have you ever had a boss before? That, that's kind of hard. Uh, or maybe you are a boss. Sometimes being a boss is even harder. And so you have all that work, and then you're like, oh, the work day's over, I get to go home. Finally get to go home. But when we go home, a lot of us, we kind of mess that up too, because uh, I, I figure back in the day before electricity, you'd go home, maybe do some chores. But then think about it, you'd put on the candles, right? Uh, instead of all the artificial light that we have at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, just some of us, our homes are still so bright. Uh, and back then, maybe you'd read a book or you'd journal. But what are we doing these days? We're flipping on the tube. And, and have you noticed the TV, all the light of the TV, the noise of the TV? Also, just watch a movie from the 70s or 80s, and you'll be so bored. Have you noticed how slow they are? Nowadays... It is crazy just how fast, just boom, 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 boom. Have, have you watched the movie lately, like a Transformers, just like, ah, movie over, the end. <laughs> and if the TV isn't bad enough, we were brilliant enough to take all of that and now uh, 
take it down to a size that we can put in our hands, right? We call them smartphones. And, and these smartphones, it, it would be one thing if we just left it in the living room or left it at the kitchen table. Even that sounds bad saying it out loud. But no, what do we do? We bring it into the bedroom, right? In the bedroom. Lights, uh, sound, and rest. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, rest, right? It's a tough environment for this whole idea of take a break. I know for me, because of all that, um, the ocean is really good for me. Anybody else just love the ocean? Um, especially just with the way it is now, it's pretty cool to be able to go to the ocean without my phone. Um, but what do you see? When you, when you look at the ocean, you don't see any of this. All you see is water. And even the noise of the ocean, for me, you hear the waves, and that's it. And for me, you know, that, that's a way that I can take a break. But today, as believers, I want to talk a little bit, how do we take a break with Jesus, right? We don't take a break from Jesus. Like, Jesus, hey, I know you're over there, but I'm going to go take a break. Um, no. It's how, how do we take a break with him? How do we abide with him? Uh, you guys have heard us talk about abiding with Christ. How do you rest in him? Uh, maybe you've heard that Jesus is our Sabbath rest, right? Jesus is our rest. It's the idea in his presence, we have what we need. In his presence, we have rest, we have joy, we have peace, we have it all. All in Jesus, in him, through him, with him. So today's passage, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Philippians chapter 4. This is a great passage. We, we, we've all heard it. But I want to read it again in the context of taking a break with the Lord. We're going to be Philippians chapter 4, and then we're going to start in verse 4. We're going to go to verse 9. This is what Paul says. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, and he gives this great list. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And then he gives us a promise. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Uh, a very popular thing with religion, especially with Christianity, is to make Christianity a list of do's and don'ts. You ever done that? Just made it a religion of morality, right? This is what's right, and this is what's wrong. But that's not Christianity, right? Christianity is a relationship. Uh, it's a relationship with us. Uh, who's the other part of the relationship? Jesus, yeah. Uh, even more than that, you could say it's just with God, right? That Jesus, where there was a separation between us and God, Jesus broke down that wall. He tore the veil. We now have communion with God. We have a relationship with God. I want you to hear this passage again with that mindset, the idea of having a relationship with God. So it's not a list of do's and don'ts. This is a relationship. So let's go to the next slide. Rejoice in the Lord. So in the Lord. 
I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Where is the Lord? He's near. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is important. You're not like writing it on a piece of paper, putting on an arrow, and then trying to get it up to heaven. You know, here, God, here's my request. Boom. Oh, miss. Try it again. Boom. You know, have you ever done that where you just shotgun pray? You just keep on praying. Hopefully something hits. No, present your request to God because he is where? He is near. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, the idea of it being way off somewhere in the distance, kind of guarding you. No, it's intimately guarding you. I find comfort in that, right? Intimately guarding my heart. His presence, intimately guarding my mind. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, next slide, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Really, that list is a great description of who? Of Jesus, right? Think upon the things of heaven. Think upon the things of the heavenly kingdom. Think upon the things of God, of, of, of the Lord. And then he says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And let's say that together. And the God of peace will be with you. That's beautiful, right? When you think of it in context of relationship with the Lord actually being with us. Not just a list of, oh, I got to make sure I rejoice, right? I got to make sure I do this. Oh, I can't be anxious. Can't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. You ever try that? Isn't that an anxiety-ridden thing? Like, don't be anxious. I'm so anxious. I'm anxious not being anxious. Don't be anxious. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is with you. The God of peace is with you. Even now as we're sitting here in the second or fifth or tenth row, the God of peace is with us. There's this great passage when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's kind of digging on the Pharisees and kind of saying, hey, you can see how they're on the corners and they're giving these elegant long prayers and loud prayers. No, no, don't, don't do that. He says, pray. When you pray, go into your room. Close the door. Pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. It's you and the Lord. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious. The God of peace is with you. I was praying this week, and, and there's nothing holy about 15 minutes, but I was like, you know what? For 15 minutes, I'm just going to rest in the Lord. I'm just going to kind of hang out with the Lord. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a really long time. And so uh, most of us are Christians here. This, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a minute to rest in the Lord. Or whatever that means, maybe uh, contemplating Scripture, meditating upon the Word, maybe praying. Maybe there's someone that's on your heart or on your mind. Um, we're just going to spend a, uh, just a minute here in quiet uh, before the Lord just to rest in His presence.
right? How was that? Is it good? Anyone a little awkward? Anyone want to pull out their phone? <laughs> Jeremy, you're right. The Seahawks play at one, so we're good. <laughs> how, how do you take a break, right? And I, I want you to actually think about this. Uh, think about your own life. How, how do you spend quiet time with the Lord? I kind of feel like we have to relearn how to spend quiet time with the Lord. Um, we kind of just assumed that we were spending quiet time with the Lord. But I'm not so sure we do. I think it's more one of the Christian things that we say. Like, it sounds good. It sounds Christian-y. But do we really spend time with the Lord? Just rest in His presence. There's a lot of different things you can do to, to find that rest in Him. Uh, the Bible, right? Read the Bible. Reading the Bible is great because you hear from the Lord. And I'd encourage you, when you read the Bible, don't just read the parts that you like to read, right? Have you ever done that? I, I kind of feel like when you do that, you are becoming God. You're God in that, right? You're the one in control. You're saying, this is what I'm going to read, and this is what I'm going to read about, and this is what I'm going to learn. All right, God. Right? You don't want to do that. No, instead, you would say, okay, I want to read the Word. I want to be open to what you'd want to teach me today, God. I want to be open to what you might want to tell me. I want to be open to what you think I need to learn. I want to be open to whatever you might want to say today. So here I am before you and your word speak to me. My dad always told me that. He said, make sure you pray before you read the Bible. And make sure you pray and tell the Lord that you'll do whatever he says before you read it. Right? So that you don't just kind of read it and go, yeah, maybe I'll do that. You know, kind of like, you know, you're, you're choosing. Uh, once again, if you're choosing, you're in control. You're being your own God instead of submitting and surrendering to God. God, what would you like to say to me? Read the Bible. Read the Bible is a great thing to do. Worship. Worship is a phenomenal way to uh, speak to the Lord. I, I was thinking about in our Christianity, we've made Christianity so personal. We've made it about us, right? It's, we don't, it's not about giving God glory or worshiping God. It's about me, myself, and I. This is what you can do for me, Jesus. This is what I wish you would have done back then. This is what I want you to do in the future, and this is what I want you to do right now. Now, that's a part of Christianity. He actually tells us we can ask. So, hallelujah, ask. But how many of us have really shallowed the waters by just making that Christianity, right? How many times do we just get stuck in that mode of all about me? What, what does worship do? Worship gets it off of me and on to who? Jesus. Isn't that the best thing about worship? That Because I, mean, I got my list too, and I come on my list. And he cares about the list. He helps me with the list. But isn't it just a little refreshing to say, God, I'm just here to praise you. I'm just here to worship you. Not for what you could do for me, but just for who you are. You ever done that? Just... I'm just going to worship you, God, for who you are because of what you did on that cross. I, I remember hearing a guy from, uh, he was down at Bethel, and he was speaking at a thing I was at. And he said every day from 2 to 4 p.m., he's just in the sanctuary, worshiping the Lord. And he says, I, I love how he said it. He said, and I would worship him if he never did another thing. He's still worthy of my worship. Do we have that kind of attitude? I just love that attitude. Worship, right? Not about what you're going to do, just about who you are, what you've done. I worship you. Great way to take a break. Get yourself off of your stuff. Get you off that endless cycle. You ever been up in the morning where you just can't 
get to sleep because you just keep on thinking about that issue or that conflict or whatever it is. Worship is just a great way to get your mind and your heart onto the Lord. Prayer, of course. I think prayer is very important. Again, ask for things, but also thank the Lord. You know, praise his name. Just praise him. Pray to him. Fasting. Not a real popular thing these days, but fasting is wonderful. I, I had a team I was going through a book with last month, and we fasted while we were going through the book because we really wanted to hear from the Lord. Because the great thing about fasting is I really love food. <laughs> and so <laughs> when you're not eating, what do you think about? Food. <laughs> and so when you're thinking about food, the great thing about fasting is you say, every time I think about food, I'm going to decide to think about who? Think about Jesus. And so, man, I'm hungry. For you. <laughs> I'm just really hungry for you. And tomorrow morning I'm going to get a McGriddle. And I'm really excited about that. No, it, fasting, it recalibrates us. Um, I, if I'm honest, there's times when I'm just out of control with food. Out of control with food. And the great thing about fasting is it, it reminds me of who my real food is, who my real water is, when I'm hungry, when I'm thirsty. Who really is providing? Who really is my sustenance? Who really is my strength? Who really is my provider? Uh, so fasting, it's a great way to take a break with the Lord. I'd encourage you, when you're taking a break with the Lord, that is not watching TV. If you're like me, after work, what do I want to do? I just want to plop on the couch. Now with three kids, you can't do that anyways. But um, you want to just get your mind kind of numbed with just some TV, right? TV is a terrible way to take a break with the Lord. Terrible way. Because, I mean, the murder mystery that you're watching is not a break with the Lord, right? The violence that is on TV, the sex, the just it, our culture is so just sexual now. That is not taking a break with the Lord in the name of Jesus. It's not a break. Something else. Your phone, going on your phone is not a break. I, if there's anything I'm really concerned about nowadays is that what I see in a lot of people, I see this even in myself, is in free time we look at our phones. And there's nothing wrong, I guess, with going to your phone for different things. But have you noticed that every moment of free time, you're on your phone? Have you been to a restaurant lately? Have you, have you seen that scene where there's four people at the restaurant, and they're waiting for their food, and what are they doing while they're waiting for their food? All on their phone. Again, I get it. You know, there's different things you can look at your phone. But that's not taking a break. That's not resting in the Lord. Again, I know many of you, when you're on your phones, many of you are on Facebook or on Twitter. And I know how riled up you guys get on those things. Oh, did you see what so-and-so posted? Did you see what so-and-so? Or, oh, I posted that and I shouldn't have and, uh-oh, now i got to delete it. Like, it's stressful. It's anxiety-ridden. The things with your phone, with social media, you guys, by going on those things, again, I mean, there's some good to it. But you are taking the weight of the world of issues thousands of miles away and you are putting them right on you. You are all of a sudden trying to get your one brain to, to not just think about those issues, but also to care about those issues. And then some of you are even trying to solve all of those issues. That is impossible. You want to know why some of you are so anxious or so depressed or so discouraged? It's just you have things going through your brains that you were never meant to have going through your brain. It's okay to be empathetic. It's okay to be compassionate. But really, I still believe the best way for that to be expressed is in a local community. 
is in one-on-one relationships, in a relationship that I can touch and feel and interact with. And so looking at your phone, it's not a break. Maybe for you, um, for me, this, this works well. It's taking a walk with the Lord. Anyone take a walk with Jesus? Anybody besides me? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh, one thing I've had to do, and I've only done it in the last two months, is leave my phone in the car when I take a break. Because one of the things with my job, I love my job, but it never kind of is over. And so I have people call me, whether I'm at the park or whether I'm at dinner or whether I'm sleeping or where, all times of the day, people call and text, and, and I get it. But if I'm going to take a break with Jesus, I probably need to take a break with Jesus, which means, again, not pulling out my phone and, and doing all those types of things. So leave your phone in the car when you go for the walk. And maybe it's gardening, right? Maybe it's pulling weeds. I don't know what it is, but just leave the technology at home. Learn um, to take walks maybe places that you haven't been before because when you're taking a walk, like in your house, what are you thinking about? Laundry, right? <laughs> you're thinking about your dirty floors. Um, so maybe get, get away from that environment. For me, I, I did this just a couple months ago. Um, donuts were involved in my break, which, I, again, I love food. But I was walking, and I walked to Jackson's, you know, the gas station. And, and they're not even the best donuts, but they were there. And so I grabbed a donut, grabbed a coffee. But then there's these benches. Have you seen the benches outside of Jackson's? It's a really nice four-way uh, stop with lights, and there's these benches. I'm like, I bet you no one ever sits on those benches. I'm going to sit on those benches. So I go over to the benches, because they're hilarious benches. They just look at cars, right? So I sat on the benches with my coffee and with my donut. I just had a great time eating my donut, thinking about the Lord, praising God. I read my Bible a little bit, drank my coffee. I, I stayed there probably about 15, 20 minutes. Um, probably got some, uh, what is that, carbon dioxide into my lungs. But Yeah, right. But whatever you need to do. Learn a praise song. Learn a praise song. Like your go-to song. Everyone have a, their go-to song when you're taking a break with the Lord? Um, because sometimes, again, you're trying to take a break and you're just so distracted, sometimes you need to begin to sing. Like singing is a good way to start the whole process. Uh, for me, uh, one of my favorite songs is, uh, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Sing it with me. To worship you, O my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. In your ear. What a personal, beautiful, intimate song with you and the Lord. Uh, how about some other songs that you guys sing? What are your go-tos in those take-a-break moments? How great thou art. Closer walk. Turn your eyes to Jesus. What did you say? Amazing grace. Uh, let's do turn your eyes. I don't know it very well, so you have to help me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the 
the light of his glory and grace. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. In the garden. All right, lead us. Come to the garden alone. I'll let you sail on the roses and talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known learn a praise song right learn a worship song just a great way to spend time with the Lord. I hope you've noticed even the way I'm speaking today is a little different. It's part of this take a break. You know, I get excited when I preach. I really do. In fact, I have this running dialogue in my head that just says, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> if you saw my notes, I'll have it in all caps. It'll say, take a break. Have you ever seen that where it's like, did he just do one sentence for the last five minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, take a break. And, and part of that is, you know, even do we need a preacher, right? Do we need a worship team, right? Do we need, what do we need to enjoy his presence? What do we need to find joy? Everyone say joy. joy. Find joy in his presence. I was thinking about the different things we crave for, that we long for. My, my family, we long for Disneyland. Like, we just love Disneyland. We know when we last were there, and we, and, and we, we said we were going to go every three years, and yet this was the third year, and we didn't go. Like, oh, we didn't get to go. We, we long for Disneyland. Some of you, it's Hawaii, right? Some of you are just like, man, if I could be in Hawaii. Uh, one of you in the back row just came back from Hawaii like two days ago, and you just look great, and we're all jealous of you, like, oh my goodness, you look so relaxed. You don't even need this message. You're just like, Jesus is the best, and life is awesome. But we just crave for 
these different things. Some of us, I mean, it's kind of awkward, but it's true. Some of us crave work, right? Some of us just can't wait to escape uh, home and we go to work. Some of us, we crave our beds. Anyone else like me? I just got a new mattress thanks to Ryan Chavez's dad. He hooked me up and I just love my new mattress. I just crave the opportunity to go to bed. Kids, would you please go to bed so I can go to bed? But do we crave and long for the presence of God? Right? Do we just yearn, oh Lord, just to spend some time with you? Just to be with you, to read your word, to, to pray, to praise you. Just to be focused, heart, mind, and soul, just all on you, Jesus. Do we enjoy his presence? Do we delight in the Lord? Uh, another way to think of it is, do you find your pleasure in the Lord? Does he bring you pleasure? It's a great question. I think in 2017, it's a great question. Is Jesus enough to bring you pleasure? Because just think of all the ways that we are trying to find pleasure in our world. I'm not even going to give you the list. Right? It's a long list. The ways, the attempts, the efforts, the straining, the striving to find pleasure in the world. What if we found our greatest pleasure in the Lord? What if we found our greatest pleasure in the Lord? This is so important. I, I don't think it's more important than it's ever been. 2017, this is critical time for us, church. This is a critical time for our society, a critical time for our country, where we as Christians need to relearn how to find joy in the Lord. Do you need a, a pastor to find joy in the Lord? Do you need a worship song? Do you need the guy on YouTube? Do you need uh, the, the channel? Do you need... What do you need? Do you need the job? Do you need the family? What do you need to find joy, to find rest, to find peace? And we need to relearn that all of those things are found in the Lord and the Lord alone. And we need to relearn that, to find rest in His presence. That the God of peace is near. The God of peace is near. We need to learn that because life is challenging. Life is very challenging. It's hard, and then it gets harder. I, I say that often because it's true. I, I see people walking through these things. I was listening to a guy on NPR, and he's not even a Christian, just a drug counselor. And it was crazy what he was sharing on, on, this, uh, on this news program. He, he was talking about the drug epidemic that we have. He was actually talking about marijuana, that people are going to marijuana way too soon and way too quickly in, in their stress in their anxiety, way too quickly to alcohol for their stress and their anxiety. And then he talked about the o opioid epidemic that is currently going on. He says people are going way too quickly to medicine in their stress and in their anxiety. A and he also mentioned pain, in your stress, anxiety, and your pain. And he said, it was just crazy to hear him say this, he goes, people need to learn uh, that stress is a part of life. And that pain is a part of life. And to learn, he said, coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms to handle with pain, to handle with anxiety and stress other than medicine. That medicine has a role, of course he said that, but he said that people are way too quickly going to drugs. Whatever that chemical is in your pain, in your stress. It, was, it just blew me away to hear him talk about that because watch a football game, when you watch the Seahawks, count how many drug commercials you're going to, going to watch during that game. Coping mechanism. What is our coping mechanism? It's actually a word that a lot of you hate, but I'll explain it. It's meditation. 
Meditation. Now, the world's really into meditation, right? It was, it was different uh, things like yoga and, and meditation. But that meditation is not what I'm talking about, right? That meditation is the absence of things, right? It's clearing your mind, getting to a, uh, that, that place uh, where, where you're able to actually um, get to kind of a nothingness uh, place. Um, the meditation we'd be talking about actually has a focus, right? There's one focus point. What is the focus of our meditation? Jesus. That's what's beautiful about our meditation is we're actually focusing on Jesus. We meditate on the Lord. There's a great scripture, uh, Psalm 1. You guys maybe have heard it. I, I want to read it to you. Listen to this. There's a promise uh, to those who meditate on the Lord. He says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight, there's that word delight, delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. He says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Did you catch that? Did you catch the promise there? Again, blessed are the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on the law day and night. Now that person, he says, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. I think that's what we want, right? That's what we want. And as a church, we really want that for you. I really want that for you. I want to see you, and I want to help you turn to God, to, to meditate upon the Lord, to seek His face, that when the hard things of life come, that you would learn, and, and this is something, some of us, we just got to learn, that we would learn to seek his face in the midst of dif difficulty, in the chaos, right? When everything feels like it's going wrong, that we would learn how to come to him, find our strength, find our peace, find our joy in his presence. And the reason I say that is because that is your right as a Christian, right? That is your right. Some of us think that is like a pipe dream fantasy fairy tale that one day I'll find that joy. One day I'll find that rest. Some of us are literally living like it's something that is out there somewhere. And yet right now at 954, it is your right as a Christian in the name of Jesus to have joy, to have peace, to have Jesus in the name of Jesus. Jesus is our strength. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our joy. That is what we have in the name of Jesus. And so as a church, we don't want to hide that from you. We want you to know that. We want you to know that that's what you can have in Jesus. By the way, as much as we want you to know that, God wants you to know that. God wants you to know that. He wants you to know. He, he tells us at different times in scriptures, he tells us the Holy Spirit is a helper. Did you know you have a helper? You're not alone. You've not been abandoned nor forsaken. The Holy Spirit came and he's actually here to help you. He's also known as the comforter. Did you know that? Sometimes I need comfort. Did you know that sometimes I'm freaking out? <laughs> Guess what I need in that moment? I don't need food. I don't need the TV. I don't need my phone. What do I need? I, don't, I would like it if the Mariners would, would win. That would be great. But what do I need in that moment? I need the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Be my comforter. The, the Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. The paraclete, the one who walks alongside. What a beautiful picture. In hard times, stressful times, if you're not in that season right now, you're going to probably be in it. Uh, if you live long enough, you're going to have a time where you're like, wow, this is what Dan was talking about. This was that stressful time. This was that difficult season. But I want you to learn how to rest 
in the Lord. Right? Let's learn how, how to find our pleasure in the Lord. So that even when it feels like it's falling apart, you would, not just in a Christian way, but in a real practical way, say, you know what? Yeah, it's a little scary. Yeah, I'm actually kind of fearful and I'm afraid. But I can trust that in His presence, in the presence of a God who is near, in the presence of a God who is my peace, I can believe that I have everything I need right now. That, that I have all that I would need to walk through this difficult season. That the God of peace would be with you. And, you know, we're, we're heading into a season, church. As, as a body, we're heading into a season. It's going to be a busy season. I think it's going to be a fun season, a good season, exciting season, a lot planned, but it's going to be busy. It's going to be it's going to be intense. But you know, as a body, as a church, as specifically Life Spring Church, we really want to be a body that's growing. Right? How boring if we just stayed the same. We want to be maturing. How boring if we kept on expressing immaturity and just all those things uh, that we once were. Um, what a great example of the power of God in our lives, right? The complete opposite. No, we, we, want, we want the world to see the good work that he's doing in us. And so part of that is we got to learn how to walk with the Lord. Not just that we're saved, not just that we have our card to get us out of hell and go into heaven, but that we want the world to know that in all circumstances, we as a body, we find our satisfaction, we find our joy, we find our pleasure in the presence of God. That's what we long for, that's what we seek, that's what we desire. And when we come on Sunday morning, even, it doesn't even matter what the song is, because I just love being in the presence of God. That that's who we'd, we'd be every morning when we wake up, we would just love His presence. And so there's a few things, I just want to give three things and then we'll be done. And for, for what does this look like on a, on a daily basis? One, I think we got to put on the full armor of God, right? To truly know what it means to, to be living in a way where his presence is with us, in us, walk, working through us. Uh, we got to put that full armor of God on. Uh, Ray Wright, uh, one of the things I remember him telling me is, Dan, you got to put on the full armor of God and you have to do it daily. Every day, put on the full armor of God. I'll never forget that. It was such good wisdom uh, for me. This is what uh, Paul says. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Do you see the intimacy of that? Right? It's not somewhere way out there. It's no. Right now, strong in the Lord, in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, again, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from that gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. And I love this line, pray in the Spirit. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. So, there you go. Put on the full armor of God. Number two, seek the Lord in all circumstances. All circumstances. For some of us, we only seek the Lord when things are going really good. Some of us only seek the Lord when things are going really bad. Right? There's kind of two camps on that. Some of us praise Him when it's going good. Some of us praise Him when it's going bad. How about the two camps come together and we just praise Him in the good and the bad <laughs> In good circumstances, bad circumstances, highs, lows, mountains, valleys, we just seek the Lord at all times. 
when you're doing well, when you're struggling. Come to the Lord. And then expect the promises of His Word in those times. In all times, expect the promises of His Word. So again, do not be anxious about anything. But in what? Every situation. Every situation. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what? The peace of God. Everyone say the peace of God. Say it again. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. How much understanding? Which I'm very thankful because I kind of have this understanding. He says, no, 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 no. My peace, it's above all that. <laughs> I love, isn't that good? He's just better, right? He's better than my imagination. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart, guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Psalm 94 says, when I am filled with cares, and there are times when we are filled with cares, he says, your comfort brings me joy. Romans 15, I love this. It is a great scripture to memorize. 15, 13. May the God of hope. He's the God of what? He's the God of hope. What does this world need, by the way? Hope. He's the God of hope. And may he fill you with how much joy? All joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may, you have so much now that you're actually overflowing with hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Be put on the full armor of God. Seek the Lord in all circumstances so you can be filled with peace and joy. But then three, that we would be a church. And I, and I just, I hope we can learn this. But we would be a church that would find rest in Jesus. We sing about it. We'll even say it. But are we really, truly finding rest in Jesus? There's more options for rest than we've ever had before in the history of mankind, I think, right? But in the midst of all of the stuff of this life, do we seek the Lord to find rest in Him? Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I want to close with this, and I think this is so, so important. Learning how to find rest with Jesus. Finding rest in Jesus is so important because as we find rest in Jesus, as we take this break in the Lord, that is exactly when we will do some of the most amazing things for Christ. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you are alone with Jesus, that is when he leads you into some of the greatest miracles. Some of the greatest miracles. Have you noticed that? Some of the most powerful things you will ever do will come out of a time of prayer. Will come out of a time of reading the word, right? Will come out of a time of worship. Have you ever had the Lord just speaking to you in a time of worship? It's in that rest that Jesus uses us truly in supernatural ways. And it's so amazing to me that as we rest in the Lord, it's almost counterintuitive that as you actually pursue rest, as you actually engage in rest with the Lord, that's when He reveals to you the good works that He has prepared in advance for you to do. Have you noticed that? That when you are actually just with God, not a list of do's and don'ts, but just a relationship with the lover of your soul, that's when He reveals to you, Danny, I have called you to this. Dan, I've called you to this Dan I've called you to this have you noticed that church in the rest of the Lord in his presence is when he says I've called you now go forth and do what I've asked you to do I want to read you this this is from from uh, the Gospels the Apostles they gathered around Jesus and they reported to him all they had done and taught so they've been working hard 
And then they come back and they, and they kind of give this report to Jesus. And then it says, because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. So just think how busy it is, right? They've been doing all this ministry. They're so busy. That they've even forgotten to eat. You know, have you ever been there before where you're just so occupied and doing the things of God, you, you forget to even eat? And, and so there they are. And Jesus says to them, he's saying this to his disciples. He says, hey, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Awesome. And so then verse 32, so they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Now, don't go forward. Keep your eyes up on the screen. Don't go forward. If that was just it, then oh, cool, right? We were really busy, and then the Lord said, come with me. Find rest, and they leave and go to a solitary place. Hallelujah. Let's put that, you know, uh, on our website, because that one will preach. But it goes on. Look what happens. But many who saw them leaving recognized them. Hey, we know you. So they ran on foot from all the towns, and they actually got ahead of them. So when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he said, well, we got to go somewhere else. No, that's not what he said. What did he do? He had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day. The disciples came to him. Jesus, man, this is a remote place and it's already very late. You've got to send these people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. They said, man, that would take more than a half a year's wages. Are, are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? I mean, this is not a good idea. Well, how many loaves do they have? Go and see. Well, they got five and two fish. Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and those two fish. He looked up to heaven. He gave thanks, broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish. Two fish? Only two. But he divided them among them all. They all ate. Not only did they eat, they were all, what? Satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls. There's leftovers of broken pieces of fish, bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. 5,000. But did you catch what happened? Did you catch? One of the greatest miracles. I hope we get this, church. One of the greatest miracles in the bible happened as the disciples were leaving to go find what rest in jesus i was giving me goosebumps this week as i was reading it as they were pursuing rest in jesus christ they had the privilege of participating in one of the greatest miracles recorded in scripture one of the greatest miracles as they followed the lord into rest. That's so counterintuitive to how we think. And yet I was like, Jesus, count me in. Count me in. Count me in. Count me in. If you're telling me to come to you to a solitary place to find rest, if that means I might have the opportunity to be part of feeding 5,000 people, count me in. Count me in. Count me in, Jesus. Count me in. Like, I, I mean, I'm not a rester. I'm a goer, but if it means, like, I'm almost selfishly, like, if I get to take two fish and feed 5,000 men, then, okay, I'm resting. I'm resting, Jesus. I mean, hallelujah. 
And as much as that happened to them, I'm just telling you, I expect it to happen to me. And I expect it to happen to you. That as we go to Jesus for our rest, he will use us in supernatural ways to express his kingdom and his love around the world. That in seeking rest, seeking his presence, the joy and the pleasure and the peace of just being with Jesus, that he will actually use us. Life Spring Church, he will use each one of us in ways that are beyond what we could think or imagine to reveal his glory, his kingdom, and his love to everyone on this earth through us who seek his rest. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I pray over this church. I pray over each person here, God, that we would learn how to seek your face, learn how to wake up in the morning and sing your praises, that we would learn, Lord, how to quiet our minds, how to quiet our souls in your presence, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we would know that the Lord is near and that the God of peace is with us. Lord, I pray for anyone who right now just is in that storm of life and they know that life is throwing its best punches at them. And Lord, for anyone who is exhausted from that, would they be reminded that God, your peace doesn't come in spite of circumstances or, or in the, uh, uh, the absence of uh, difficult circumstances, but your peace comes right in the midst of circumstances. Lord, whatever that religion was that said that we had the, have the absence of, of conflict to find peace. Lord, I just pray against that right now, that we would know that even as this world battles, even as uh, wickedness surrounds us, even as chaos and darkness uh, tries to win the day, that right now we are in Jesus. We are hidden in Christ, and we can find joy. We can find peace. We can even find pleasure in your presence, even in the midst of everything going on, Lord. We can find rest in the name of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, that you are our rest today. And Lord, this has been a restful day. This has been a restful service. It's been so wonderful just to talk about you. But Lord, we want to carry this into the real world. We want to carry this peace that we have that comes from you into the real world. Teach us how to carry it into our families. Carry it into our workplace. Carry it into our schools. Carry it into the grocery aisle. Carry it into the gas station. Carry it in with our boss or with our employees, with our friends. Carry it into Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We want to carry you, Jesus. We want to carry you into this world. And Lord, as we follow you as we find our rest in you. Lord, just use us. Use us. Use us. However you want to do that. We want to be a part of the greatest miracles on this earth. Lord, we believe that you're still in the business of reaching souls, of saving people. You're still in the business of feeding people. You're still in the business of doing what you and only you can do. But you said we were plan A, and there is no plan B. And so we say yes, Lord. We say yes. As we pursue you, use us, Lord. Use us. Use us, God, in great and mighty ways. We expect it. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, would you stand with me?